I'm Noah. And I'm Ben. And you're listening to Product Journey. So people seem to like our, our last episode uh, with Dan. That was pretty cool. Yeah, it's all Dan's fault, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dan. Yeah, it seemed like people liked the talking about the tiny bets and stuff that Dan does, which is pretty cool how, how he's doing that and managed to do and all that. <clears throat> Sadly, our, our audio was probably the worst it's been <laughs> in that episode. I think I so I accidentally had my gain like all the way up. Um, so I sound like a, a toaster <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but, but that's okay. We'll, we'll have a better audio this time and hopefully, hopefully people will be happier with that. Oh, well, yeah, it happens. <laughs> no one noticed. So I guess we're good. I mean, no one, no one, no one complained. That doesn't mean they didn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, so how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well, man. I didn't have two stressful weeks. Mm, didn't didn't get much coding done to be honest. Like I don't even know where to pick up next time I open the True Fans project in yeah. my editor. But <laughs> yeah, that's um, a funny feeling because I've I've felt like that a little bit too. Where it's like <clears throat> I'm I'm like focusing on like marking stuff or some other things, and then the next time you open up your code editor, you're like, oh, I have not seen you in a little while. <laughs> don't even know where to go (laughs) (laughs) yeah no but yeah i mean um the playgroup acquisition is kind of over so i sold playgroup over the last two weeks (laughs) and that took quite some time man like we did some like i had to do some real due diligence reporting things and like wrote down like 10 pages (laughs) with screenshots to be fair but uh, (laughs) you know you have to gather all that info to to send it over um, and now we're switching service over to uh, to a different provider and there's just a bunch of things that yeah. that are that are still to do uh, regarding that and that just took up so much more time than I expected <laughs> so uh, taking a step back um, congratulations on the acquisition um, I don't you. think all all the uh, podcast listeners may not know what happened so so what happened? Because, you know, they may not be on Twitter. You haven't talked about Playgroup in a little bit. Um, so, yeah, what happened? Yeah, I just saw Playgroup. <laughs> um, so it was this funny back and forth between Yaro, uh, who bought Playgroup now, uh, and, and myself for, for a while now. Like on Twitter, he's been asking if I was willing to sell Playgroup for quite a while. Every now and then, checking back if you know if I was ready to let go, basically. <laughs> um, but I wasn't, and I always pushed back. I was like, "Nope, uh, not selling it." And then at some point this last month or or so, I was like, "Man, if if I could get that amount for it, uh, I might be willing to do that." And he was actually like, "Huh, that's an amount I would consider." So let's uh, <laughs> let's talk about that. And yeah, it it happened. Um, and it was enough money to convince me to do it basically giving me a year's runway so that's not too shabby i guess (laughs) that's pretty awesome that's amazing um yeah and i just you know like last week and the one before um we we basically went through the whole thing it wasn't actually too complicated so we just you know i just 
put together this report, uh, set it over, uh, because we've already done the whole tiny log sale. We kind of trusted each other enough, I guess, to just sign the contract and get get it over with. <laughs> so it wasn't like like a huge, crazy due diligence phase, uh, but we did take it a little bit more serious because there was more money involved. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Had that uh, those legal documents. Yep. Yeah, that's actually kind of crazy. If you're not if you're not a native speaker, that's not too easy to read, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's that's not easy for me or I feel like anyone to read. It's just like what who talks like this? I yeah. Mean, what does that word mean? <laughs> yeah. I certainly uh, looked up a bunch of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, congrats to Yarrow too, because I mean, so I think that's like an ideal acquisition. I was just talking with some other <clears throat> ND hackers, bootstrappers that are looking to acquire some businesses, John Hainstock being one of them. And, uh, they were talking about how basically the best situation to buy is buying from an entrepreneur who, you know, they have a solid business that they're, that you're going to buy, but maybe they have some other project they're now putting their full focus into so they're not able to give the attention the the one needs um and so then they sell it um like that's like the best situation for like the buyer too so i mean that's pretty much the situation you were in um with now working on tiny fans and stuff <clears throat> so that's pretty pretty sweet for yarrow yep definitely and he i mean we will have him on the show like next episode or the one after and he um, he will probably be focusing on playgroup solely because he had multiple bets going on before as well. Um, but he will be focusing on playgroup mostly now. So that's interesting to see. We can go into more yeah. details on that, I guess, when, when he's here. <laughs> yeah, so stay tuned because uh, we're going to see Yaro's side of this. Yep. That'll be good. Um, okay, so <clears throat> I guess we could move next to... Uh, kind of some updates uh, based on Vulcan. So Vulcan's been listening to the show. He's the founder of Versoli. He had he had some questions for us um, <clears throat> that I thought we could go through. It was funny because his first question was, uh, what's up with uh, Playgroup? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I haven't heard about Playgroup in a while. What's been going on? So uh, I guess uh, that one just got answered. Yeah, we can switch it up though. Like, what's up with support, man, dude? <laughs> ah, yes. Yeah, Vulcan was curious about that as well. Um, <laughs> basically, support man is, it really is on the back burner. Um, it's just, it's just kind of sitting nicely, floating, doing its own thing. <laughs> I don't have to touch it too often. Um, so it's, it has about eight or nine customers, um, but it's doing $300 MRR. <clears throat> and um, it seems like I'm at about like maybe one new customer that trials it like once a month. <clears throat> so mm. it doesn't have a distribution channel. You know, there's nothing really moving it unless I, you know, went out and spent time on it. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, and, I you know, I feel like there's a little potential there, but just not hasn't seen like it's been enough to where i want to spend my time on that um instead of potion um so i, I really am focused on potion <clears throat> but at the same time supportman has been really cool because it it really has like hardly taken any of my time um like it's 
it's like a perfect project to just kind of have sitting on the side doing its own thing. I think in the last like <clears throat> six months, I've answered like two support requests. And then like <laughs> one of those, I ended up having to like change some code for a customer to do something for them that, that they wanted. But other than that, like it's just <laughs> it's just sitting there. <laughs> yeah, that's um, sweet, man. <laughs> yeah, so that's been good. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so yeah, that's been support, man. Um, let's see. So the next thing uh, Vulcan was interested in for you, this is kind of jumping into true fans a little bit. Yeah. Um, he's curious about the knowledge base. Like, so you talked a little bit in the last episode about um, you're building a knowledge base with true fans. <clears throat> and he's just curious, like how you see that moving the moving the needle um i guess what what customer would that be the same customer base you think for kind of the other features that you have kind of planned yeah absolutely because it's also in the same vein of supporting your users to have the best experience right uh, so you could link their uh, you could link them to articles in your knowledge base from the live chat or from other uh modules basically right so it definitely makes sense i feel but i yeah i don't think it's going to move the needle by itself right like the the value still comes from from all those modules like compounding and being able to use them um together uh, and if if it was just a knowledge base yeah that that would not move the needle at all but adding the knowledge base and being able to like link to the knowledge base or opening it from within the chat widget um, that could be kind of sweet. You could also think of it like if the if the live chat widget is is done at some point, um, what a lot of, of those um, competitors do is they they kind of incorporate like chat bots into that, right? So you um, yeah. you can ask questions and the, whatever the question is, it just gets parsed by code uh, and then it can spit out um, pre-made answers. And you can definitely, yeah. well, I can definitely see that being being a path to go as well. Like if there is nobody um, online right there to help you at that point, you could you could trigger like or you could you could toggle uh, a chatbot that would then you know like my code would basically just parse whatever the per the, the the user puts into the chat widget um, and can then try to answer that with a helpful article out of the knowledge base because it kind of fits the. Um, so some some string that you've uh, defined that that makes sense. I don't know. I don't have a really good <laughs> great example for that right now. I guess maybe if uh, if the string that the person uh, enters it con contains the word pricing or something like that, you could link up an article uh, that explains certain pricing situations from your knowledge base. So I can definitely mm -hmm. see that tying into other modules, and that's actually where I yeah, think the sense. the value will come from. I don't think it's going to move the needle by itself. No, I don't think any of those modules <laughs> will actually move the needle big time on on their own. I mean, Chat Widget yeah. is probably the most requested, and I get that. Um, but the other ones are just like that. Their compounding value is where it's really at. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Like the value is really in the ease of use of having all of them together and, and all, all the kind of different modules that people are going to need just right there that <clears throat> they can use with true fans. And so all of them together and how they work together is probably, yeah, like you're saying, that's the valuable part. 
Yeah, because as, as I explained at some point before, you could use those personalizations inside the articles of a knowledge base and then link up those as automated responses in the chat widget. And if you imagine you don't use true fans for that, you basically have two products for that. You have the knowledge base and you have the live chat and it's still not personalized. So you get a lot of extra value from combining those. Yeah, for sure. Um, so the next question is about niching down. Um, <clears throat> I guess, what do you think about niching down? Do you think there are some things that you need to do to di niche down further? Um, uh, if you want me to go first, I can go on that one too. I think I'm still struggling with that. I don't know if I have a good answer to it. <laughs> I think I talked about that yeah. like in one of the latest episodes too, where I was like, it would be kind of cool to be, you know, to be just targeting SaaS business or something like that. And I think that would be mm -hmm. a good idea. I still think it is, but I haven't really explored it enough. I also don't know uh, from my waiting list at this point uh, what kind of business they run. So that would be interesting to see in the future for sure. I think it would be yeah. a good idea to 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 find more niche uh, a more niche audience than just small businesses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny with the niching down because with tools like what you're building, or in some ways what Potion is at at times, it's like the tools on their own are kind of built to like be able to do tons of different things yeah yeah <laughs> and work for a lot of different people and so in some ways when you niche down you kind of feel like oh i'm i'm missing out on something like like there's all these other people that i could be serving and um <clears throat> i'm i'm just like not serving them just because i'm niching down to a, another group even though which is kind of funny it was i actually was just listening to a podcast with ruben gamez <clears throat> and he was talking about with bid sketch his first SaaS in the beginning they niched down to only do um let's see so it's so his software was i'm trying to think of the right word it's like proposals that's right proposals for companies that they can you know write up proposals and stuff with his SaaS. yep um but in the beginning it was only proposals for like designers and like design firms like a very specific niche and he said that I don't know they, they decided they wanted to start out niching that way because you know that was the thing to do like starting a small pond um but he would just have time and time again people like hey uh can my company use this like we're doing proposals for this other thing and like he would just get tons of questions of people just not sure if they could use it because it was all like marketed and shown to be for designers but they wanted to use it and they could use it <clears throat> And he's just started to realize like, why am I limiting myself? Like I'm, I'm yeah. putting all these people away because I'm just saying it's for designers, but it really can do all kinds of proposals. And so then he eventually opened it up. Um, so I thought that was kind of an interesting uh, story, but, but yeah, I, I can see there being some benefit to niching down, you know, especially in the beginning um, when you have a smaller product, um, it allows you to maybe build a smaller product um, that works specifically for them. But in our situations where it's like, you know, you with a, a tool that's kind of has some automations that can work for a lot of different use cases. Um, like, yeah, it's like, do you need to niche down to a specific target market with that? Uh, I don't know. What are you, what are you thinking? I think it makes sense. I think otherwise the distribution channels are way harder to figure out. Because if you mm. told me I sold software just to designers, I would instantly like have 10 ideas where to look. 
I would know where to yeah. advertise it. And I don't, I don't know that if my audience is too broad and too undefined. And that's the exact problem that I'm, you know, like that I'm looking at right now with true fans too, because I wouldn't know like, I like what's my audience like let's say it's small businesses but how do I reach them like where do you advertise for them where do you like where do they hang out which newsletters do they read I don't know man <laughs> I know with designers yeah. I could just hop on designer news designer depot whatever it's called and just advertise there you know like there are listings and great links um just like white uh not white combinate but like hacker news for tech savvy people right and um I think it just gets easier to find distribution channels if you have a certain niche and then opening it up makes total sense. But I think just in the beginning, it would be easier to figure out those channels if it is more certain who you're selling to. Like yeah. for Potion, I think for Potion, actually, that's a little bit easier because you know that those people using Potion, they have to use Notion for it. So that's that's a big plus, right? Right. Yeah, that's for sure. Like they have to, to like notion. Um, <clears throat> I think there's definitely different ways I could niche down though. And, and I still haven't done it completely. And the main reason for that is I feel like there's just like a base requirements of features that I need to have just to basically go anywhere, which is I need to at least have the base like features from notion and being able to replicate those in potion websites. Um, which I'm, I am kind of to that point, but that's like, I feel like a, a baseline where I at least need to have that. <clears throat> and so with that, it's like, okay, uh, yeah, just like sell to people that are, are using Notion already <clears throat> uh, for their uh, notes and documenting stuff in Notion and people already know how to use Notion. Um, but I think there are definitely some ways I could niche down. Like I could go specifically into like blogging more um, and just like optimize things for blogs, make it like really easy to set up your blog with Potion. Um, I could go into like help docs, um, uh, API documentation, things like that. I think that one's really cool just because that is something I think people kind of already do internally with Notion is they're putting all their documentation there for their team or whatever. And so just making it so, oh, you can kind of flip a switch and and make this kind of public uh, for your users. Um, I think there's lots of opportunity there. <clears throat> you know, there's like portfolio websites that I could like go deeper on. So yeah, there's a lot of options. I, I'm almost feeling like maybe once I get like kind of my baseline of features, like maybe I'm to the point where I should do like some, some interviews of people to kind of see like which would be the best niche to go down. Yeah, because it's, it's too many options, right? You you wouldn't know which one to pick. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I think the thing I could fall into, uh, which I think long-term might be what I want to do, which is, like, be able to serve all of those different niches, like those those ones that I mentioned, um, and maybe, like, each one has an add-on or something like that that they can add with Potion, um, pay a little extra for or something. And so I'd like to be able to serve all those, but it's like, that's probably too much to kind of try to tackle, you know, right now in the beginning. Um, I know like with ConvertKit, uh, reading some of their old blogs, um, <clears throat> I think they really like started with, like they started niching down um, a lot in the beginning where <clears throat> they would kind of take a, 
a market like bloggers or something like that and they would just go really deep trying to get all the bloggers to use ConvertKit even though like you can use ConvertKit for you know all different kinds of businesses right but if they they kind of sold it specifically to bloggers and kind of got that sphere of people using it then those people start talking and it's like oh all the bloggers are using this and uh, it kind of kind of grows in that niche and and getting to scale in a small niche on like the marketing side like I think that can help you a lot rather than just like you're everywhere and no one's really talking because they don't they don't know each other they're not in the same kind of communities so I think it does make a lot of sense. Um, <clears throat> and then the interesting thing with that ConvertKit story is they talked about how once you kind of conquer a niche, you know, you have a lot of people in that niche that then helps you kind of get over to another niche because, you know, maybe you'll have some crossover with like some really big bloggers or people that kind of know people in other industries in the music industry or something like that. And then you can go deep into that niche with some of those relationships you've already created um, from your first niche. So I thought that was a really interesting idea. Um, yeah, that so is definitely something to think about. Yeah, I wonder, I kind of forgot what the original question was, but in, gen in general, I think we both think that it's a great idea to, to go smaller right yeah yeah i think so uh for me it's just like yeah just like making that decision like in some ways i'm okay with being wide right now just because it allows me to kind of learn and just take in information see what people are building and then yeah and then once i kind of have a better idea maybe i've done some interviews done some research to kind of really figure out like oh there's there's more of a need here in this niche then maybe i'll go in that direction yeah that makes sense i think it's just important at some point to just make a decision and not end up like what i did with playgroup in this stupid paralyzed state where you have you know like people are all over the place and you don't really know what to focus on because that could yeah. also happen if you do the interviews right if if it's like 30% in three segments and you don't know you don't know which one to focus on you probably just have to make like a gut decision I think holding off with that is just worse than just going with either one <laughs> yeah that could be true <clears throat> yeah because I, I if I think about it I feel like I know what people are gonna say <laughs> like I feel <laughs> like I know what the I can almost play what the interviews will look like in my head the only kind of scenario or places where maybe I don't know as much is in like the help docs kind of space, like for like smaller businesses and stuff, since I'm not a small business, like I think there probably is some learning I could do there, like seeing how they use stuff or how do they think about different tools or options they already have that I don't know as much about, <clears throat> but for like portfolios, blogs and stuff, like I kind of already know what they want, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and what direction I could go with to get there. But, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, okay, let's see. So Vulcan wants to know if I want to go into paid newsletter slash courses. That is, that's a little bit different niche um, that I haven't thought about. Um, I, I haven't. So I guess 
I could do courses. I have thought about this because you can like embed videos in Notion and Potion, right? And then, you know, you could just have content. So like you really could build out a full course in Potion. The only thing you'd really need is just like a way to lock it down with like password protection or something like that. Yeah. But that really, that could be interesting. And then like there could be ways to maybe like embed comments and have threads and stuff. Um, I don't know if I... I don't know if I really want to go that far into that. Like maybe I just like try to integrate with somebody else um, mm. and use their systems for that. But yeah, that's interesting. There's, there's definitely ways uh, to go into to that niche. I think the, the newsletter idea is pretty interesting because I, I don't know if is anybody actually doing that, like letting you send newsletters from your notion docs. And the second thought that I initially have when thinking about that is that the editor in those newsletter tools most of the time is pretty bad and you kind of have that squash <laughs> with Notion, right? <laughs> right. It's an interesting idea. <clears throat> yeah, that is interesting. I know that uh, Super played around with that idea. They had like some mock-ups and designs that they were tweeting about that. Mm. Um, I don't know if they actually ever did it though. I haven't seen anything about that, but yeah, it's definitely an idea that's out there that would be kind of interesting. It, again, it feels like I'd be going into like a whole different field, <laughs> email stuff. Um, yeah. So I don't know if I'm ready for that yet. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. You have so many options right now, and you, <laughs> yeah, you kind of don't know yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. I think I think we kind of covered everything that that Vulcan had. Um, if not, he can yell at us and, and tell us to to answer <laughs> it next time. Um, let's see. So, any uh, updates? Uh, just kind of normal updates. Things you've been doing this last week? Nothing worth mentioning, actually. Like it's it's really been two slow weeks. <laughs> I've mostly been doing stuff with you know finding a new account and finally getting set up a TransferWise account or, or not getting it set up because, you know, didn't really work out so far. <laughs> and just <laughs> just stupid administrational stuff that is really boring. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but you, you gotta you gotta do that stuff sometimes to, yeah. to make the big bucks. So <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean it's it's worth doing for sure, but it's just not worth talking about much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um okay so i have a i have a story a funny story Ooh, <laughs> that i, I could like share <laughs> that happened this last week um <clears throat> so i was really hitting my head against the wall with this one so i had a a customer um that was using potion he had his website <clears throat> and he kind of he like messaged me and he's like hey my i changed my like preview image um, kind of like for the sharing your links and stuff, the preview that comes up and it's not changing. Like it just would not keep changing. And I spent, I don't know, like digging into this, like, why is this not changing? Like probably a good two hours. <laughs> and I was like, okay, it must be getting like cached on like Facebook or some other, like wherever he's 
trying to share it maybe ah. it's just getting cash so it's not seeing it yeah. whereas like okay maybe i'm not caching it correctly or i'm not letting go of the cache in digital ocean so it's not updating the images and stuff like that so i was just going really deep into like trying to figure out and I'm just like no that that's right that looks good everything is good like this should be working what is going on <laughs> and then eventually i i have the idea um <clears throat> Well, I'm trying to think, where did I, this idea come to me? So I know, well, so first I'll just say what happened and then I'll, I'll, I'll say how I figured out. So basically what happened was his site was not um, hosted by Potion at all. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> so, um, I mean, it looked like it was because Potion generated a website and stuff. But his domain was not pointed to the Potion website mm. whatsoever. It was it was actually pointed to Super. Uh. <laughs> so he had come over from Super <laughs> um, and was using Potion, and he recreated his same site. So it, it you know it pretty much looks pretty identical, right? Like it's it looks like Notion. Uh, um, yeah. So he had this website that looked just about identical but it was actually still pointed to his super website <clears throat> and so when obviously when he made changes on the potion side it didn't update anything and so why this happened i found was because uh super actually uses the same ip that potion does to point domains to Whoa. and <laughs> 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 so the the reason for that is because we're both using Vercel and Vercel ah. just has all their customers point to the same IP and then it it basically finds <clears throat> based on a domain like which website to actually direct to. Oh yeah, it makes sense. And so both super customers and potion customers are pointing to <laughs> that same IP. And so then when, if, if a customer, so this is what I found out is that if a customer moves over from super, super already owns their domain. Cause they're, they kind of already have it connected to that, uh, versatile account with super. Oh, and, then and so when they, oh my God, that is so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like crazy. So then when he tries to create it with potion, it's just like, oh, we already had this domain. It's already pointed to uh, super. So yeah, you're good. And then it just <laughs> keeps pointing there. <laughs> so, so what's the solution? Like, wouldn't, wouldn't super have to delete the domain for it to work? <clears throat> right. Yeah, that's true. So it just ha so <laughs> happens. <laughs> Oh man, that is bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty crazy. And when I was like unraveling this like thread of like what was going on, I was like, "What? Are you serious? This is what's happening?" Oh, this <laughs> is great, like, this is dude. Crazy. Let's just put everything <laughs> in the cloud. That is. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, oh, <laughs> so what what happened um, that worked out well was just this week as well. Kind of what I was working on a lot is switching over to a reversed rever a, a reverse proxy that's actually now handling the domains. And the reason I was doing that is because Versal also has a limit on the number of custom domains you can have, which is 50. And so I'm at that, I just reached that limit. And so I had to 
kind of spin up <clears throat> something else because I didn't want to pay the five hundred dollars yeah, a month yeah. for Versal. <laughs> And so I'm using uh, a tool called Approximated that uh, another indie hacker uh, created that's really cool. Um, it's basically just makes a, a reverse proxy for you. You can set like custom domains with it and then just like point it to um, another IP or domain. So I'm just pointing it to Versal. <clears throat> and so, yeah, so basically now I do have a different IP for people to, to point to with their custom domains. Um, and so now I can do unlimited domains as well. So I got that working this last week, um, but used that to to fix that situation. <laughs> Man, that is <clears throat> that's quite the coincidence. Um, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yep that that was that was pretty crazy. Uh, kind of funny too. I, I just like told. Um, the customer what was happening and they're like oh wow <laughs> so yeah so i got that done with the the proxy stuff <clears throat> um so i switched i made some changes to the dashboard um just kind of making some updates to make some setup cleaner so when usually when a a, a user creates their a, a site for the first time there's four steps that they have to go through to create the the site and one of those is adding pretty urls or seo friendly urls yeah um and they have to manually add those um but since then i've added a, the feature of automatically creating those urls from the the notion titles and so basically that step isn't really necessary like they, they can still do that if they want um to kind of just manually have the urls they want um, but it's not really needed for creating your site at first. So I kind of took that out, abstracted that out of the whole first setup and put that section in a different part of the dashboard, um, which was good and kind of cleaned up the documentation around that. <clears throat> so it was clear because I had some people that were confused about that where they're like, hey, I thought that this uh, automatically worked and <laughs> now it's telling me I have to add these. So yeah, I cleaned up some things there. Um <clears throat> I had a uh, a bug on Safari where just on Safari columns that were created in potion sites like wouldn't be lined up right like it would like the last column would take like 80% of the ah, the row and the other columns would be like squished and it it only was on Safari it wasn't on the other browsers Shouldn't that be like <laughs> Flexbox or something universal <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, yeah, so I found out what the bug with this one was, was using CSS calc, um, ah, the calc function. Ah. And apparently, so there was a bug where it was adding like pixels to the end of that. Like it was calculating what, what those widths should be and adding PX at a point where it, it wasn't supposed to be. So it, it was like adding PX to like the number to multiply by instead of oh, like yeah. the end result. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently like Chrome like sees that and it's like, Oh yeah, this is fine. We'll just yeah, kind they, of, yeah, we, we know what it should be. Um, <laughs> they fix it where, for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where Safari is just like, uh, what, what is this? I don't know what to do. And it's just yep. like, it just doesn't work. Yep. <laughs> Safari is the new uh, internet explorer. <laughs> we all know that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So that was fun. Um, that is definitely a, a kind of a new world for me. Like 
you know, making sure everything works with all the different browsers and uh, styling stuff and, you know, because I haven't had to do as much of that in my day job. So so that's been fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that can be can be pretty annoying, but I guess you don't have have that too much because it's most of it is handled by by the notion styling, the initial styling still, right? Or is it well, all custom? I mean, it is all custom. Ah. Um, I do. I am using an open source framework that does a lot of that. Um, but like, I've had to fix things in that framework um, okay. when it comes to some of the styling and stuff. So, like that one in particular as well. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Let's see. The other things I'm kind of pushing on is uh, templates. So I, I do think that making templates um, will, one, I think it will show oh, like what's possible. Like I can have a template for different kind of websites. Um, and then also just like make it really fast and easy for someone to get a, a good looking custom website up and running. And so I think it makes a lot of sense for me to, to build some te more templates. Um, I had that, uh, that free website. I forget if I talked about this. Um, where I was going to create a, a free website for somebody on Twitter and uh, people were uh, kind of replying with what kind of blog they would create from that. So I picked, I picked a winner and uh, I just created their template for them. Um, got their website kind of up and going. <clears throat> that was pretty cool. Cause, cause I've noticed that the more I'm kind of playing around with the styles and stuff, like, you know, the faster it gets. So it's like, it's, it's pretty cool how like, I'm seeing like how powerful it is. Like yeah. I was able to kind of create his website and basically create a, a new template in like one hour. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so that was, that was pretty cool. So now I just, I've, I've kind of done that a few times now for like my own websites and for other people. So now it's like, okay, maybe I can like take some of that and, and actually make it into a template that anyone can use um, and kind of do that same process, uh, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's great. That's also what I experienced when I tried building this blog site, which I still have to finish, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's that's exactly what I meant. You you just have to throw in some style, uh, some style guide, or some some styling, some CSS, and you're you're basically done with the, with the entire site, and you don't have to worry about all the other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm trying to think where I want to like what I should do next because I, I am kind of at a point where i don't know like all the base functionality everything's there i've then done some marketing trying to get some people in the door and and that's gone pretty well like the first month after early access like i had a pretty steady flow of new people coming in um for the early access and it slowed down a tiny bit but now it's like i probably like an average get a three or four people signing up a day um, and so I guess trying to figure out what I should do next, like what, what should I focus on next? Should I focus more on trying to get more people in, like focusing on some more channels or just like building out some more things in public so that people can see what's possible, like with templates and I don't know, tutorials and things like that. Um, or <clears throat> I guess the other thing I'm thinking about is I've had multiple people requesting B2 
being able to have like different previews and SEO, um, like titles, description and stuff per page. Right now it's just oh, yeah. one for the entire website. <clears throat> um, so yeah, having that per page, that's probably like the, the biggest request I've had. And then the other one is like, like a site map, generating a site map and RSS feed um, for like blogs and stuff. And so that would be kind of going down the blogging niche a little bit more. Um, but I don't, I don't know how, how much work that would be to, to do that, but like that might make a lot of sense to do some of that next um, and, and make it better for like blogging. Interesting, man. So I would say screw all the features. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you've got like three or four people coming in the door every day, that's like 90 to 100 people each month and well so to be fair or yeah just to make that make a little more sense um so it's yeah it's probably so it's yeah it's like two or three people signing up for the early access but then when i when i email out to that group of people i don't know it's like it's probably like 10 percent of those Ah. actually then sign up for the sites and using it because well, I think there's multiple reasons for this. Like my, my hope is that those people are just not ready yet and they're they're hopefully planning to create their website eventually. Um, but hopefully it's just a timing thing for them because they did show like, you know, the interest of signing up for the early access and stuff. Um, but yeah, there is a bit of a drop off there to when people start actually doing the free trial. I was, I was actually thinking you had it open already so people could sign up. I totally forgot you still you're still putting them in batches on, on the early access, right? So I was thinking yep, yep. that maybe that could be your next step though, like trying to make it self-serve so people can sign up by themselves. Would that make sense? If it's like three or four people who are interested each day, you know, like you could get rid of all the email stuff that you have to send out and you could see, mm-hmm. because my thinking was if you get like three or four people each day, I probably stop building features right now and try to figure out where they came from and try to focus or like try to figure out the, the main channel that they came from and, you know, double down on that. Well, I, I know they're pretty much all coming from Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I was afraid you'd say that. <laughs> Wait, why were you afraid? <laughs> I, I don't what know. What is it I don't know scared if, of? <laughs> no, I don't know if Twitter is the perfect... Cha- acquisition channel long term <laughs> maybe i'm wrong yeah, maybe <laughs> um it seems huh. like for a lot of like indie hacker businesses and tools twitter is like their main acquisition channel um and it, you know maybe like i i've i've heard of some indie hacker businesses that they do well in that and that's kind of their only channel um <clears throat> but it definitely does mean like for me to keep that up, like I have to be active on Twitter, right? Like it's not yeah, like a yeah. just set it and forget it kind of channel. That's true, but it's also free. Like you don't have to spend any money for it. So, <laughs> right, that is good. Hmm. Interesting. Would you consider like opening it up already and skipping the whole waitlist thing or early access, or too um, soon? <laughs> so. I feel like a little too soon. The The reason I, I've liked having it up to this point is <clears throat> basically I can make some, some bigger infrastructure changes 
while knowing that there's not going to be like many new people onboarding and coming through the door. And then I can just wait to send out the, the next batch once I like finish those kind of changes. Um, <clears throat> just to like, yeah, make sure that everything's good beforehand. Uh, kind of gives me a better peace of mind. Like I, I've kind of been thinking like once I have like some more differentiators, um, from some of the competitors, like that's when maybe it'd make more sense to like open up the early access stuff and just let people come in. Um, but I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm getting nothing really from, from doing, from doing the early access thing. I, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. I wonder what the advantages are. I mean, I get that if you want to change up infrastructure a bunch, that it's easier, but I, I think you're not really so much changing the critical infrastructure. I mean, yeah, the reverse proxy thing is kind of a big deal, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's not like you have to, it's not like you're changing database schemas for every customer by the, like on their, you know, like you don't have to go into <laughs> 50 databases and change the schema manually or anything like that. So it's, right. Uh, I, I don't know. I would probably try to get rid of the, of the of the manual sign sign up thing um but i don't know if it makes if it makes sense i also get that you want to have more uh differentiators but you probably also want to have them six months from now <laughs> yeah yeah i guess i i need to think about it a little more i i guess i've just i've heard a lot of well, I guess, you know, like Tuple, like they were in early access for a really long time. Yeah. Um, I I think and uh, I think that's different, though, because they <laughs> that, that, might, that will sound so wrong, but I don't mean it in any bad way. But they have like a super hard technical problem, right, to figure out and to get right. 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 And so they need a longer phase of testing, testing that on different, you know, <laughs> just different network connections, different whatever. Whereas you have like a good stable product that, you know, like there, there's nothing really flaky about it, right? Like it's not like every other day that people complain like, hey, something's not, you know, rendering, I can't update or whatever. That's already yeah. in a really solid state. And that's why I'm thinking you don't need like such a long <laughs> um, beta yeah. phase as compared to, you know, tuple. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. That makes a lot of sense. Um. Yeah, so there's definitely some things I could do with that. So, so you're voting for um, I should focus on more of the marketing still and, and getting more people in the door and just getting them through easily and that stuff. Yeah, yeah I'd say find the one channel that works best right now. If it's Twitter, fine, let it be Twitter. Focus on that. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'll I'll take that into much consideration. <laughs> do you do you know like I was I was curious like how how long do you think it would be to handle the RSS feed stuff? I've I haven't done anything like I'm I'm guessing it's just creating a file for each website that's being updated, right? Oh, you you mean if every potion site should get like an RSS feed? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that shouldn't take too long, man. It's just basically just creating creating that XML file. And the, yeah, just creating one XML file for every site. Basically, you just have to do it for one site, <laughs> like generate it, and then you just throw that on every site. 
Yeah. So why can't I do that first? <laughs> it doesn't take too long. <laughs> I mean, you can do that first. Then next week and the week after, you'll have to send out another email batch by hand. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're right. You, you could probably do both at the same time, to be honest. I don't think you need to... Like, you could just split it in half and, you know, still get both of that done in a week or two. <clears throat> yeah, well, I think this does show... It shows maybe the problem I have or, or just a problem that you can have in a SaaS is being torn between what existing customers want, which I, I do get a lot of requests. And some of these are, are like the, the RS feed, the, the preview stuff and some of these features. So I, I get requests for that. And then I'm like, oh, man, I want to, you know, I want to make it a great experience for these customers. I want to give them what they need and want. <clears throat> and then at the same time being torn with, oh, but I can do some more marketing, get people, more people in the door things like that. The the other thing, so going back to the the marketing that's worked, which is Twitter, I it seems like what works the best with that crowd, which is kind of other makers and stuff that are are then creating like potion sites or whatever is like seeing progress on the product. Yeah. And and like sharing that progress and like Oh, there's a new feature. Oh, now now this is something I'd be interested in. Like each new feature kind of gives you a little like launching something or, or being able to share something that then gets more eyeballs on it. Where if you don't build anything, like I mean, I there's still definitely things I could share, but it seems like maybe I don't know. It, it's it, it's harder maybe to come up with good things that are compelling to share with that are valuable without just like just like saying the same thing or or just sharing like i don't want it to come off like i'm just like just selling and selling and selling <laughs> to people um on twitter at that point you know yeah that's true man that's hard it sounds like a hamster wheel if you look at it from afar to be honest because then you would have to build more features and more features and if you stop like the channel basically dies oh which is also not great right um okay guys i have some bad news this is noah after the fact after we actually recorded all this um we lost our audio uh, not sure how that happened but we weren't able to get the rest of the audio of this i think we talked for like 10 15 minutes more but i think we were mostly talking about ben and him selling his business which is some big news but we are going to talk about that in the next episode so hopefully we can kind of rehash some of that we're gonna have yarrow the the buyer um on the pod as well so you'll get to hear it from his perspective so you can look forward to that but yeah sorry that we weren't able to uh complete the rest of this audio um or, or add that to the podcast i mean we were probably just you know talking about random stuff that probably wasn't important you know so <laughs> um but yeah we will talk in the next episode and looking forward to chatting with you guys on the interweb so reach out if you have any questions or thoughts about some of the things we talked about in this episode all right bye <laughs>